Alright, Bizzlecasters, welcome back to the Bizzlecast. Um, I'm going to release this one in both video and audio form. Now, a few days ago, I released a video <clears throat> talking about how, against all odds, and I could never have predicted this even a handful of months ago, DC starting to lure me over a little bit from Marvel, which is, you know, I was a Marvel kid growing up. I love the MCU movies for the most part, but I'm getting a little tired of the formula. Marvel Comics is making some very bad decisions, and uh, there's a certain kind of stability in DC Comics that has been wasted up until now with Wonder Woman, and with the potential of, of Wonder Woman as one of the big three, and the Trinity as they call it, the formula is there for DC to take the next step and really challenge Marvel. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in the first Justice League movie, if it's going to be in the second Wonder Woman movie, the second Justice League movie, one of the other solo movies, Wonder Woman 2. They'll have a lot of opportunities. And DC, by necessity, because they start off on a bad foot and they're juggling so many ideas and characters, it keeps changing dates and adding and removing movies and so forth. Unlike the MCU, you know, Kevin Feige, who runs the Marvel Cinematic Universe, plans years and years ahead. They've made a couple tweaks, um, but for the most part, there's a formula at Marvel, and it's working great in terms of money. But in terms of creativity, it's a little stifling, which is why the hardcore DC fans have been extremely stubborn, which I respect. Um, you know, Defending Man of Steel and Batman v Superman as two of the better superhero movies, I think, is folly from a purely objective standpoint. I wanted to like those movies. Most people I know, including DC fans, really didn't like those movies. But I understand that the darker vision is something that DC and just mainstream fans want as a contrast to the more colorful, uh, you know, popcorn-y Marvel stuff that we've seen. Um, and so the list I made a couple days ago was just some sort of personal things that were starting to attract me to DC. By necessity, this will have some subjectivity to it, obviously, but uh, I'm calling this the top reasons why Marvel should fear DC. So I'm trying to get into the mindset of Marvel and DC across all their properties, and why even though Marvel has made billions of dollars and critical acclaim across the board for most of the MCU movies. And the DCEU, DCEU has not taken off until now with Wonder Woman, although, man, what a takeoff it is. I think there are some things that Marvel, as a company overall, needs to be concerned about when it comes to DC. So I'm going to start with a couple right here, and this will be sort of an ongoing conversation. First of all, I'm just sporting a little bit of... Uh tribal gear, if you will, um, just a tribute to my girl, Gal Gadot, Israel's finest, and about as great of a representative of the Jewish people as I could ever possibly hope for on every level. So thank you, Gal. Keep doing what you're doing. It, it's unbelievable. Um, so Wonder Woman is going to be in this conversation, but there's more going on than just that. I'm trying not to get caught up in the moment, but look towards the future. So, the most simple and direct reason that DC might have more sustainability than Marvel in both comics and film is that DC has more what I call AAA heroes and AAA villains. AAA is a term referred to video games that are high budget, high priority, on the front burner, usually 
usually from an existing franchise or launching a new franchise. So think Call of Duty, Halo, Destiny, Uncharted, Mass Effect. These are AAA games. These are games that are going to sell a ton regardless of the quality for the most part. Um, Call of Duty, for example, has gone down in quality for years now, but still is one of the top sellers every year. And as we know, even the best superheroes will have runs that are excellent, have runs that are okay, and have some runs that are really, really... (laughs) Uh, subpar, but the best ones survive, and it's undeniable that Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman for the last 75 plus years have always had some sort of comic going on with them for the most part. If there are breaks, they've been very, very short. Can Same cannot be said of, uh, solo with Marvel. Spider-Man's the only one that can compete with those three. To frame it another way, the trinity, the, the great trinity of Batman, Superman, and especially now Wonder Woman, although this has been the case in the comics forever, those three are a bigger draw individually than anyone in the Marvel comic or film universe other than Spider-Man. The X-Men are almost always a team. Anyone they've tried to spin off, other than Wolverine, obviously, who's had uh, comics fairly regularly over the last few decades, so they'll kill him and he'll go in and out. So even Wolverine isn't, you know, 24-7, 365. But other than Wolverine, they've tried spinning off Gambit and Rogue, and it just never does well, you know? So that's what you rarely see. Um, you see different X-Men teams, X-Force, X-Factor, Excalibur, and so forth, but Solo never really happens. Now, Robert Downey Jr. has made Iron Man... Uh, the Iron Man character, a $1 billion plus dollar property, um, which, uh, you know, Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, which he was a co-lead in, both Avengers movies, which he's a lead in, and he's seeming like kind of a co-lead in the Spider-Man movie, at least that's how they're framing it in the trailers. All of those movies, other than Spider-Man, which hasn't come out yet, made over a billion dollars, and I would not be shocked Spider-Man made a billion dollars. Um, and other than Iron Man 3, though, all those movies are basically team-ups of some sort. Um, and even Iron Man 3, part of the reason it made $1.2 billion was it was the first movie after the Avengers. And the Avengers did so well. It was such a cult classic. And Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. was so great in it that there was sort of an Avengers bump that even made Thor The Dark World, which wasn't a great movie, do very well in the box office. Both of those coming out in 2013. 13, getting a little bit of the Avengers bump. So all these movies are team-ups um, that feature characters from other films or are teasing films coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, th- I mean, the whole Tony Stark story in Iron Man 3 was about the fallout from <laughs> Avengers 1, you know? So it, it's all tied together with Marvel. Um, and, you know, it was almost like when they released Iron Man 3 in his PTSD, you know, which was a little forced, they were almost like, hey, people, this is still part of the Avengers, you know, the movie that made over $1.5 billion and proved that comic book team-up movies could actually work. Don't forget about us. And uh, no offense to the X-Men team-up, who did it first with X-Men 1 and 2 movies, which were great, but other than Wolverine, unable to spin off anything successfully, and even Wolverine, it took them a number of tries to get it right until Logan this past year. It took them 17 years to get a Wolverine a solo movie right, and they finally did it. So, you know, in terms of what I call second and third tier characters, you know, non-AAA characters, Marvel has got 
a lot of them. In fact, far more than DC. DC tends to put its eggs in a handful of trusty baskets rather than bombarding readers with far too many characters and storylines, i.e. Marvel, to ever have a grasp of even a fraction of them. For example, I would argue that the reason that Doctor Strange, uh, the film last year, did even better than expected at the box office with a cumulative total of $677 million worldwide, which puts it 8th out of 15 MCU movies somehow, was that with Doctor Strange, it has a fantastical feel. There's magic. They release it in November, which traditionally is a magic month. Uh, you know, like Snow White movies and the Harry Potter movies, even the Hunger Games movies with the fantasy setting tend to be November movies, so it fit that niche perfectly. Um, and also people were just desperate for clues post-Captain America Civil War about how Doctor Strange would tie into Thor and Black Panther, a third Avengers movie, Infinity War. And, you know, being super cosmic himself, it's certainly very possible that Mr. Strange uh, will meet up with the Guardians of the Galaxy probably sooner rather than later. Um, And we already know that Doctor Strange is going to be a major part of Thor Ragnarok. And, in fact, the Thor teaser gag uh, mid-credits after Doctor Strange was probably my favorite part of the movie because their rapport was hilarious and and the beer that kept filling itself up and Thor just doing Thor stuff. Uh, so like, I'm very excited to see Doctor Strange, who I did not love the character or the movie, um, but with the Hulk and Thor and Ragnarok should be great. But again, it's a team-up thing. You know, Marvel is living and dying by the team-up. Um, and if you look at Doctor Strange in the comics, even though anyone who loves Marvel knows who Doctor Strange is, because he's a very popular cameo guest... Uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, as he is known, has failed to sustain his own comic book for any significant period of time. Now, he certainly is a nerd favorite, um, and has very, you know, his highly uh, memorable appearances in the Avengers and Fantastic Four as a, as a respected uh, and powerful member of the Marvel Illuminati, who are like the smartest of all the Marvel characters who gather together and, you know, sort of make sure that the world and universe don't end. But... The name recognition for Doctor Strange among the common people was almost nothing uh, before the movie, and yet it made almost $700 million, which is unbelievable, and it's just because of the trust and credibility that Marvel Studios has reaped from nine years, starting with Iron Man 1, of pretty good to really good quality movies for the most time. Uh, most part, even if they're getting a little repetitive and even if they're maybe a little more, more shallow than uh, that they seem on the surface, um, or to some people they seem very shallow on the surface, hence the place of DC. Which brings me to the second reason DC might already have a medium to long-term advantage, um, which has to do with visibility in the wider culture. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was so bad that even the most hardcore defenders of Zack Snyder's ultra-dark vision for DC films on the big screen, um, even though he didn't direct Suicide Squad, it was very much influenced by his style and color palette and tone and so forth. Suicide Squad was so bad, even fans of BVS and Man of Steel didn't like it. Uh, It was ripped to shreds by critics and fans, and yet 
somehow made more money than fucking Captain America The Winter Soldier, which is arguably Marvel's best film outside of The Avengers, and I would say before Wonder Woman, easily my favorite solo uh, superhero film of all time. I think Wonder Woman's going to ultimately... I mean, it's already really taken it, taken that crown. I don't know which one's going to end up being more rewatchable for me, because Winter Soldier super rewatchable. I've watched it a million times. Um, it's a lot tighter than Wonder Woman, um, but I, I still think as a solo story, uh, especially when you consider that it's the best origin story, um, Wonder Woman's right there. Nevertheless, Captain America the Winter Soldier is agreed by critics and fans to be one of the best comic movies ever, and it lost to Suicide Squad. And the reason is because people love Batman, and the fact that it was in Gotham and had Batman villains like Joker and Harley Quinn and Deadshot and so forth, even with a small Batman appearance, was enough to get fans to the theater, even though they hated it and reviewed it terribly after seeing it. I'm sorry if I'm shaking the uh, the camera. Not only did Suicide Squad beat both Iron Man 1 and 2, it was right up there with Guardians of the fucking Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, which is as close to a cult classic of Marvel films that's ever been released, which is widely considered by both nerds and non-nerds to be ingenious, to be hilarious, to be very accessible, um, and really, in I would say, an indelible part of Americana, of American pop culture. Guardians, just that influential. It was rated so well, everyone loves it. Even, you know, even DC fans, and yet Suicide Squad made pretty much the same amount of money, um, which is unbelievable. And so, as a counterexample to Doctor Strange, which did well because it cashed in on so many good Marvel movies beforehand, people just assumed it would be good, and it was good. You know, I'd give it a BB plus. Like, absolutely glad I saw it in the theater, and I finally rewatched it, thinking I never would. I watched it on an airplane, which is always a good place to rewatch movies that you don't know how you feel, and I liked it a lot more the second time, um, as formulaic as it was. Although I think I skipped through, like, the first half hour, you know, origin story part, because I won't get into it, but up until Wonder Woman, I've mostly disliked all the origin stories, uh, for the most part, um, in both universes. Um, you know, even Hellboy, which is from Dark Horse, I think. I much prefer Hellboy 2 than Hellboy 1. They just get into the action. But that's for another podcast. Point is, Doctor Strange as well, Marvel cashed in on credibility, quality. On the other hand, the DCEU's first three movies, okay, the first three movies post-Christopher Nolan Dark Knight in the new expanded universe, which is clearly copying the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and why not, were mediocre at best with Man of Steel, and in the case of Suicide Squad, and I think Batman v Superman, downright bad. There are some DC fans that defend Batman v Superman. Undeniably, it gave us Wonder Woman, which got people so pumped for Wonder Woman. And for that alone, and for Zack Snyder casting Gal Gadot and using her not enough, but so effectively that she saves the day, basically, in BVS, setting up her as being the ultimate badass in her own movie. Um, BVS was just, was just a tire fire, but much darker. But despite three mediocre or worse movies to start off this universe... People came and flocked enthusiastically, 
crazy passion to Wonder Woman. Now, admittedly, the smashing success of Wonder Woman at the box office, which is about to break $600 million worldwide after, I think, 18 days, less than three weeks, um, it's, it's going to pass... Most of the DC movies, I said the DCEU movies, for sure Man of Steel, probably Suicide Squad, it might even beat BVS domestically, if not abroad, which would be unbelievable considering it had an opening weekend of $100 million, which was very good, but it wasn't what BVS is. But the weekend drops for Wonder Woman have been almost none. I mean, people are seeing it and seeing it again. And obviously it's a zeitgeist movie. In this time, people are desperate for a strong a message of empowerment for women. I'm not going to say feminism because people have different views about what feminism is, but certainly female empowerment and representation. You know, and let's be honest, Wonder Woman is a fucking brilliant movie and it was two and a half hours of wish fulfillment of female empowerment for women and girls and a lot of us men. There are many men such as myself and male friends of mine who are sick to death of the patriarchy and sexism excuse me, is leading us down darker and darker avenues. I don't need to say much more than that in Donald Trump world. And Diana Prince is exactly the hero we need, but probably don't deserve, as her mother, Hippolyta, uh, tells her slash the audience. Um, she decides to embrace her destiny, even if we don't deserve her in saving the world. And... It's not like people don't know it's a DC movie. I mean, they start with a letter from Bruce Wayne. They're not trying to hide that this is part of the DCEU. Now, setting it in the past as sort of a prequel origin story before she meets any other DC characters certainly helps. It's, it, it's sort of clean and pure, not polluted by the, the excesses of Snyder, right? I mean... Her short but memorable role in BVS was clearly the best part of that movie, stealing the show from this, you know, Zack Snyder fueled testosterone being thrown all over the place. The point is, DC can make bad movies all the live long day, but all it takes is one brilliant film from one of their big three of the Holy Trinity. We see this in 2005's Batman Begins, which Christopher Nolan did not expect to end up doing a trilogy. That movie was received so well. And the wh hordes of people will come. People love the Holy Trinity. As long as the, the, the characters in movies are good. You know, and, and in order to make Doctor Strange happen, required, you know, eight years of good Marvel movies to get people to go there. And, you know, I mean, Wonder Woman is probably going to outgross um, Doctor Strange, which is a great sign, but she's doing it despite the terribleness of the DCEU up until this point. All right, spin it forward. If Ben Affleck can get well and get his head out of his ass a little bit, if Jason Momoa can somehow turn Aquaman from a total joke into one of the sexiest characters in comic book movies, and if Joss Whedon can save Justice League from itself and make it a $1 billion plus movie that at least gets decent critical reception, Wonder Woman, at that point, will take it over the goal line easily. And if all this happens, DC immediately becomes clear and present danger to Marvel Studios, who is banking on properties like Ant-Man, um, which did okay in theaters, Inhumans, which they turned from 
a shield thing, which was not done well at all. It was very poorly handled. It's a really bizarre property. It's like a, it's much less appealing and cool X-Men, basically. Then it was going to be a movie. Now it's going to be another TV show, but they're going to show part of the it in a theater. Who knows? Um, even Captain Marvel. I mean, we've got a great writing team. Captain Marvel, Brie Larson is great, you know, Academy Award winning, but she, you know, it's a completely untested character that no one's heard of. You know, it's not Wonder Woman. Um, in fact, you know, Captain Marvel was known as Miss Marvel for most of her career. Um, so, you know, right there, DC has an advantage. Okay, what about comic books? All right, so another place that we uh, can look and we should look for signs of the future are the comic books themselves. People tend to forget that these movies are not just based on comic books, but they do take a lot of the stories, um, or at least a good number of the stories, are either straight from the comic book, like Captain America the Winter Soldier, for example, by Ed Brubaker, or you know, influenced by various aspects of the comic book. Now, it's no secret that actual comic book sales of both Marvel and DC... I mean, they're struggling. They're they're not making money. They very well could be losing money. And it's part of the reason why the film studios are so dependent on massive returns at the box office and then merchandising as well. Because you've got tons of kids wearing Spider-Man pajamas or, you know, Iron Man costumes for Halloween and toys and video games, whatever. But you don't necessarily have a lot of them reading the comics. Um, now, the company's have tried all sorts of tricks when it comes to comic books from you know an array of variant covers which basically means please buy the same issue more than one time uh which is bullshit um to having uh multiple comics per month per character i mean even batgirl at the moment has at least two uh batgirl rebirth and then the bird batgirl and birds of prey rebirth now she's also with supergirl rebirth so it's actually three that i'm aware of with batgirl um the companies are also giving away free digital comics which is a brilliant strategy if you buy through fandango for example for a captain america movie you'll get a bunch of cap comics you for wonder woman movie you get three awesome wonder woman number one from like current series um it's like the perfect gateway drug into it um and and the fact that uh, you know, Amazon is centralizing everything now, including groceries. But it, it's helpful that they have become the centralized site um, for comics through Comixology, which is just a subsidiary of Amazon. Used to be you go to DC to get DC digital comics. Marvel's been doing Marvel digital for a while, but now you get it all through Comixology. And we all have Amazon accounts, and it's pretty good. You can do it on different devices. You can even do it on your phone. They've got a nice little so you can go frame by frame even if you don't have a large device or whatever they offer unlimited packages where you pay monthly and have unlimited access to you know they say like 10,000 titles but DC's not on board it's mostly Marvel some image and some um, you know other indie stuff but it's getting there where like Netflix it's going to eventually be like Netflix where you're going to be able to get a lot of stuff for a monthly fee so all these things are you know are helping um, and on top of that both DC and Marvel, Marvel have attempted to move mountains uh, by rebooting their respective uh, comic book universes in the past few years. Uh, Marvel's uh, was uh, controversial and, and not particularly popular. Uh, Secret Wars 
Captain America is a Nazi as we speak. It's been very, con- you know, controversial, obviously, even though I think in the end he's going to be a good guy and maybe he was undercover. But making Cap a Nazi in this day and age, it's just a, a stupid stunt that's just not worth it. Hold on, guys, let me readjust this a little bit. Um, and uh, DC has done it now twice. So in 2011 to 2015 or so, they had what they called the New 52, where they you know wiped out the past and you know created the quote unquote definitive versions of the superheroes. So only Wonder Woman is Diana Prince. You know the only Flash is Barry Allen, so forth. The New 52 was very very mixed reception. Some like Batgirl pretty good a bunch of the other sort of mainline characters people had a lot of problems with and stupid things too like wonder woman having a sister and a brother and you know but you know a they learned their lesson and they've done rebirth now for the last two years which has been much more successful and because rebirth has stripped down 80 years of screwed up continuity contradictions paradoxes and strip it down to the bare essentials along with some of the ideas and creativity from the new 52 even that wasn't always successful has provided good fodder for the films and you know now that jeff johns who was in charge of the tv division and did a good job launching the cw verse or the arrow verse whatever you want to call it now is running the movie division to try and pick up the pieces from the early Snyder films and go more in the Wonder Woman direction where they maintain the gritty vibe and the loyalty to the characters, but a little bit more of a hopeful, upbeat message, even while distinguishing itself um, themselves from Marvel. Um, you know, for example, uh, the the uh, Wonder Woman rebirth, which is very similar to the origin story that we see on screen, other than it takes place in the modern day rather than World War One. But the Steve Trevor relationship and Ada Candy and Maru and all those characters um, are uh, are represented in Greg Rucka's. He's done about two years and he's about to stop. Um, but Greg Rucka's twenty five or so issue Wonder Woman Rebirth has done a great great job taking the best aspects, some of the best aspects of Diana Prince over the years and reformulating them into a very accessible origin story. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, again, even though the New 52 has a lot of problems, it also has a lot of great stories in it. And for sure, Marvel is also drawing from more recent works. Um, the, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy that we see in the movies is a very recent Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, like, within the last less than 10 years I think the whole Bucky Winter Soldier Cap Civil War storyline is drawn from you know all post 2000 most in the last 10 years comics and so forth um but the Marvel reboots in the comics haven't necessarily gone better. And again, this is a problem of them having so many characters that their continuity issues are even way more difficult than the continuity issues for DC. Speaking of Marvel having too many comics, maybe the final point I'll make today has to do with women and people of color, non-white superheroes. Both Marvel and DC are struggling at this. Now, DC, one, has, for the, in the indefinite future, has won the war for the best f- female superhero. They already had it. Wonder Woman has been the best for 75. Marvel's never topped her. I mean, look at, you know, 
look at all the the women in I'm gonna save that we'll talk about the women of Marvel but it doesn't matter how good Captain Marvel is and so forth why why doesn't Black Widow have a movie even if she did Wonder Woman's gonna be the best Gal Gadot is the best cast for her role other than maybe Chris Evans for uh, Captain America and I think yeah and Tony Stark I mean Robert Downey Jr. like is Tony Stark the way Gal Gadot is sort of Wonder Woman Um, and so check there. Now, Marvel is going to, for sure, take the lead in non-white characters with Black Panther. They've got already a legendary young director in Ryan Coogler. Uh, They've got Michael B. Jordan. They've got Chadwick Boseman. They've got Lupita Nyong'o. They've got Forrest Whitaker. They've got Angela Bassett. They've got a whole bunch of talented African actors that you don't know, but you will know when you see it in February 2018. So that's definitely going to be a point for Marvel. But... They Marvel had, knowing this movie was going to be great and that people of color and white people were going to be into it, they hired National Book Award winning Ta-Nehisi Coates, journalist and author who's won a bazillion awards, writes for The Atlantic, writes books, one of the most respected liberal progressive voices out there among people of color. And after just over a year of working on the new Black Panther, which initially sold really well, they canceled it. And even though they just released a Black Panther teaser trailer that had the whole world in a tizzy. I mean, it broke the internet with like 100 million views in the first 24 hours. And yet, they had a Black Panther spinoff about black women that they canceled just 48 hours after the trailer. Why, Marvel? Why? Why are you doing this? And the, and the problem is, and by the way, how many female X-Men have gotten their own series? I mean, there's amazing female X-Men from Rogue to Jean Grey to Emma Frost. I mean, there is just a ton of great female X-Men. But other than, like, occasional Rogue, they always end up being bad guys, right? Scarlet Witch ends up being one of the worst bad guys. Jean Grey can become the Dark Phoenix and Dark Phoenix can be absolutely horrible. Rogue kills and takes other people's superpowers. Um, it's not Wonder Woman, you know? It's, and it's certainly not Captain Marvel. It's not even Chester. Jessica Jones. I mean, Jessica Jones, up until Wonder Woman, I love Supergirl. Up until Wonder Woman, Jessica Jones was the best solo female superhero property out there, bar none. It's still probably my favorite. You can't really compare it to Wonder Woman. But the brass at Marvel has consistently made tone-deaf and even ignorant statements about who they think their audience is. And they regularly blame poor sales of minority comic books, um, comic book heroes, on the comics themselves, rather than analyzing the fucking piss-poor job they've done marketing or not marketing these heroes to an increasingly diverse audience. Captain America didn't, I mean, Captain America did become famous overnight because he punched Hitler. But most, you know, the X-Men took a very long time people to warm up to. Doctor Strange, people still aren't sure if they're warming up to. It takes time to establish characters. And if you, they're not seeing the sales numbers within six issues and they just cancel it, it's just building resentment. Like, don't even do it in the first place if that's what you're going to do. Um, you know, and the fact that Wonder Woman's so successful and Black Panther might even be more successful in the box office just proves that people want this stuff. Now, DC isn't lighting it up when it comes to minorities and women, as I mentioned. In the Justice League, you've got Wonder Woman and you've got Cyborg. So you've got one woman, one person of color. Okay. Um, now, uh, you know, with, 
Whedon now working on Justice League and bringing Gal Gadot back for very sizable reshoots. It's more than possible that she's going to be the star of Justice League, which she might have been anyway. And we should just admit it's going to happen because she's Gal fucking Gadot, who's already a legend, and everyone wants to see more Wonder Woman. No one wants to see more. People are excited about Batman, as usual, but Wonder Woman is the star right now. But when you look at the poor writing and lack of agency of Amy Adams as Lois Lane and Diane Lane... um, uh, as Martha Kent, both of them killed their performances with very limited materials, and they're just typical damsels in distress. It's just laziness. The same way the women of Arrow and Flash on the CW are painfully underwritten, as I talked about in my podcasts uh, with Brick Girl um, a couple weeks ago. So even though Marvel can claim Black Widow, who should have already had a movie, it's still not clear why the Scarlet Witch, who Elizabeth Olsen has really made into a compelling sort of side Avenger, and I think they're going to keep her past and War. I don't think she'll get her own movie, but maybe she'll be a more prominent member of the Avengers. Um, you know, and you got Captain Marvel, who's two years away. So, I mean, we'll probably see Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, before then. But it's possible that before the Captain Marvel move, Captain Marvel movie even comes out, that we will have Gal Gadot as Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, in four to five movies is possible okay we've already had bvs we've already had wonder woman one we're about to have justice league so that's three so the question is will they get in another justice league and or another wonder woman before uh captain marvel comes out it's very possible just solidifying the hold now this would be great for each universe to have a, a super popular a female superhero character. It'll be interesting to see if the MCU uh, its sort of advantage and credibility helps Captain Marvel, um, it, you know, go head to head against um, uh, against Wonder Woman. Um, but uh, you know, both companies have major color and or female issues and again black panther is going to be you know um bearing the flag uh for racial minorities in comic books and wonder woman will be doing the same for women but to close this out to close this out DC may have problems with color. And if you look in the comic books, I mean, at least Marvel's trying, even though they keep trying and canceling it and making people resent it. DC, not even really trying that much. Um, Because, again, they've got a certain number of eggs and a certain number of baskets, and that's how they like it. And I think slow and steady does win the race, and that's why DC Comics... 10 years from now, I think we'll have the advantage in terms of just being able to just recast Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. Um, I don't think they're going to recast Gal Gadot like forever. Um, they shouldn't. And she's young enough to do this for at least 10 years if she wants to. But they're going to nail down the female characters. Joss Whedon's doing Batgirl, and they are fast-tracking that movie. We already have Harley Quinn, who was the one thing people liked from Suicide Squad. And we know we're getting Suicide Squad 2 for some reason. I mean, I guess money-wise, it's worth it. And you get a new director and script, maybe it's better. Have more of a sense of humor. But we're also getting Harley Quinn in the Gotham City Sirens, which Batgirl will probably be in as a good guy with the Birds of Prey fighting the... So, you know, between Batgirl... Girl, Harley Quinn, you know, various roles, Gotham City Sirens, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, 
we're, not only is DC going to lock down a large number of female characters, but they're going to have a wide range from goddess level of Wonder Woman to super street level with Batgirl. And um, I think, you know, if DC can keep bringing in at least 45%, you know, of women uh, uh, ticket sales in case, you know, Wonder Woman is like 55% women, you know, they can keep that. The only Marvel movie, and this is Fox, that's even close to that is Deadpool. It was almost 50-50 because it was this bizarrely romantic, as disturbing and violent and and crude as it was. It it was a very kind of bizarrely romantic story that was released on Valentine's Day. People were just ready for an absurd, hilarious, ultra-violent love story. And uh, so that one was almost 50-50. But that was totally an outlier and so you know so marvel has to decide if they're going to really go to town with female characters because they're adding evangeline lily as the wasp um and uh you know and, and you've got captain marvel and, and some of the other characters i mentioned so the bottom line is and this discussion is not finished in terms of I, I haven't abandoned marvel but i've been reading a lot of dc comics and i will admit that there is a kind of coherence and cohesiveness as long as you read the right ones uh to the justice league characters and you know i forgot to mention this but yes wonder woman batman superman are more famous than any marvel character other than spider-man and now wolverine because of the movies but historically in the comics it's three on one but the quote-unquote second-tier Justice League characters from DC, who are really like tier one and a half, Flash, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. I mean, the thing is, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie was so bad, but immediately people started talking about another Green Lantern movie, and they're, they're doing Green Lantern Core, which we're going to see like a whole bunch of Green Lanterns, which I didn't understand how that worked until recently when I read some Justice League, and it's kind of a cool concept, super cosmic. Um, you know, Aquaman... <laughs> You know, I think Aquaman will end up being way more famous as a movie character than ever as a comic character, and same, same with Cyborg. But certainly, you know, CW has shown that Arrow, Flash, and hopefully Supergirl, um, one of these days on the big screen, are still well above almost all the characters in the Marvel universe. And so that's just an innate advantage. And honestly, I really like Green Arrow because it's sort of like Batman, but with the bow and arrow. And I just think Oliver Queen's a little bit more interesting than Bruce Wayne. The Flash is just way overpowered, and so it never really makes sense that he can go the speed of sound and go back in time or whatever. Superman's boring to me. Batman's overdone, but I love the Bat universe, and so I'm excited about that. But so just with Wonder Woman, you know, I'm hooked. I mean, I'll watch everything that's even related to DC now if it's decent because of the Wonder Woman connection, because Batgirl's going to be great. And I think Harley Quinn's going to be a great sort of hero slash antihero going forward. And so, and I think, you know, as my final, final thought... I'm just a little sick of Marvel because I grew up with it. You know, the comics, and then the cartoons, and then I've been watching all the movies, the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man movies. It's just getting tiring, so that when there's a mediocre X-Men movie like Apocalypse, well, it is balanced out by Logan being great, but Logan and Deadpool being solo movies that are only loosely connected, you know, I I think there's a lesson to be learned there. Not everything has to be tied into a central story. That's what drove Joss Whedon away, was being forced with the Avengers movies to 
set up everything. And I think him working on Justice League, but especially Batgirl, I don't think Batgirl is going to be rated R, definitely. But it will be similar to Deadpool and Logan, I predict, at first, in terms of telling her own story that's connected, but sort of separate, just like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. So thank you so much for watching and or listening. This conversation will continue. I appreciate any feedback. Still a little new to the vlogging thing, um, but uh, I'm doing the best I can. So appreciate y'all, and Bizzle is out.